podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From talk of sackings to talks of trophies, the fickle nature of football exposed by a very good run for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Manchester United. There's no better evidence of progress under the Norwegian than the fact that United's players, coaches and fans alike were visibly frustrated to draw 2-2 away at second place Leicester City. Progress in mentality, progress in performances, progress in league position too, of course. United sit fourth now and probably should have beaten Leicester, but this is where we're at. A positive Christmas into the League Cup semi-final and fourth in the table as things stand. Jack, we're here to talk Leicester and Everton for 15 minutes or so, and it's it's a positive time of year, but Manchester United is is a positive thing at the moment, and I, I really look forward to watching us play, and that was the case for the Everton semi-final, and for the Everton quarter-final, sorry, and for the Leicester game in the league, despite coming up against two of the the country's best teams at the moment. And it is fun to watch United. And I do have this kind of impatience that I wake up wanting United to be early in the day and I, I finish one game and think, when's the next one? The fact we've got Wolves next kind of puts a, a dampener on things because I hate playing Wolves. But in, in general, it's very positive and, and United are fun at the moment. Yeah, this, this is a very, very fun team. To watch, it can be frustrating at times as we've all experienced at, at many different points over the course of this season. But I think at its core, this is a fun, entertaining team. That's not something we've been able to say very often about Manchester United in the post Sir Alex Ferguson era. Yeah. We've gone through so many coaches that have ended up, had us playing boring, risk-averse football. And I, you, that's definitely not something you could say about Solskjaer's team. As always, I think with this United team, it, it wasn't perfect against both Everton and Leicester. Yeah. There were missed chances. There were periods in the game, especially against Leicester, where you know we were boxed in a bit and, and kind of lost control of the game at times. But you just always felt that there was something around the corner for this team all the time. And at no point did I feel that we were, you know, boring or lacking any intent. And that is it, it's such a it's, it's, it sounds like such a silly thing, such a small thing, but just that feeling of watching a, a United team and feeling like we aren't lacking any intent and so, something could happen at any moment is is really quite joyous, actually, because yeah. for so long we were starved of that. Yeah, I think there's there's a few positives to come out of the last two games. and We haven't got that long, so I want to rattle through them quickly. But th- I think the main ones, uh, if, I, if I narrow it down to three to begin with, the first one is that the reaction, uh, the reaction to drawing against Leicester does show that change in mentality. And I'll talk a bit more about that in a second, but that that change and, and we're on our way to, to having a squad with a winning mentality. And that that is a, a huge positive. The, the other positive is that when things were starting to go wrong against both Everton and Leicester, Solskjaer's subs made a difference. And that is a credit to his changes, but also to squad depth which is at its best at United for, for a long time particularly with Edison Cavani but also with Pogba coming off the bench and I think he changed the game against Leicester as well um, and, and so that change of mentality the squad depth the, the subs making an impact and the entertaining football those are, are the three positives I think out of the last two games over uh, over the Christmas period so far there's some other ones as well and there's a couple of concerns but I think those three sum, sum things up at the moment I think the, the squad depth in particular you're starting to see how much of a difference that is making that was the big criticism of this United team last year and to be fair I think we all actually still had some concerns at the start of this season Yeah, definitely. But I think a combination of you know, a, fruit, a few decent last-minute transfers like Cavani and Alex Tellers, as well as some of our bench players just 
you know, improving it and sort of making that step up this year, you know, it's, it's made a massive, massive difference to this team because again, you get into a situation like we were with 15 minutes to go against Everton with 15 minutes to go against Leicester. And you felt like we had, we had the upper hand with the options that we could bring on off, off the bench. Yeah. I thought it was really, really good from Solskjaer. And to be fair, credit not only to Solskjaer, but especially to Edinson Cavani as well. He's the impact that he's had has been absolutely sensational, really. You know, the impact that he's had coming off the bench and then getting the start against Everton and, and playing very, very well and getting the first goal for us. You know, he, it, it's it's brilliant and that I think the movement for the Fernandez's goal against Leicester yeah, summed yeah. up everything that he brings to us that perhaps Anthony Martial doesn't I, I don't think we need to dive into you know which one should be starting every week at the moment but just having the fact that we have two strikers who offer us really completely different things in Cavani yeah. and Martial is so refreshing because it's not something we've had in a long time I mean that movement of Cavani to come short and then to play the toe poke pass through to Fernandez. That is brilliant centre forward play. And then you see the other part of it against Everton with the deadly finish for his goal. I mean, that is what what we've been crying out for for so long. Yeah. Someone to just take the game and and change it in a moment. And uh, there are some players in the United team that can do that. But I think Cavani is showing himself to be one of those. He's, He's been involved in five Premier League goals off the bench this season, more than anyone else in Europe's top five leagues. Um, off the bench so uh, Ole Gunnar has found his Ole Gunnar if you like um, <laughs> and it, it, it is, it's a massive attribute to have I think the change of mentality is an important one to to note because as it, it struck me or it has struck me over the last few weeks that when Solskjaer first came in there was a lot of the constant mention of, of DNA and, and culture and uh, harking back to United's past and to Alex Ferguson and to Solskjaer's former teammates and that started to grate on people um, but I think it, it did help at the time but that was kind of the first stage of Solskjaer the second was more of a talk about trophies and, and semi-finals and getting to finals and ultimately we failed in, in that regard last season and the the, the talk now is of winning trophies again but there is also that mention of titles and, and players are talking about or the focus is always on titles and trophies um, and I think that progression in how people view this United side is is definitely worth noting and worth giving some some credit to Solskjaer for the, the gradual way he's done it because obviously his aim was always going to be to have his players targeting titles but it had to be slow and realistic on the way um, but you listen to McTominay after the game against Leeds and it was we need to get more consistency if we want to win the title and then Fernandez after Leicester saying he was really pleased to go into the dressing room and see that the players were down and Solskjaer said the boys are flat in the dressing room and we should have won that game so I can absolutely see why but it's, uh, it's comforting that that is the case that this is a United squad who are disappointed to draw against one of their rivals for top four, the title, whatever. Yeah. I mean, how many times in the last four or five years would we have gone away to the hit to the sides in second in the table, yeah. come away with a draw and felt unhappy, deflated, flat. And we all felt it. You know, it's not, that wasn't just, you know, the players having a strange reaction. I think we all felt after the game, like it's just such a missed opportunity. We, we had the chances. We played well enough to win the game. And on another day, he probably should have won the game. Yeah. And yet you come away from it feeling, one, that it's not in the grand scheme of things a terrible point. But two, and as you're saying, to the larger point, I think is more important, 
just the fact that we've come away from that result feeling so down, so deflated, speaks to just how much the expectations and the mentality of both this team and the supporters has changed in in really just a matter of weeks. I mean, you go back to what was a shambolic defeat to Leipzig in the Champions League. And, you know, I think we were very, very down on, on the prospects of this side. And maybe that was a little bit of an overreaction, but I've been playing very, very inconsistently in the Premier League. So I've all thought that this brilliant away form would eventually peter out if we kept putting in these bad first half performances. But a few weeks has turned that around massively. Yeah. And now, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to get ahead of ourselves and, and say, you know, we're, we are Liverpool's main, main, main contenders or that we should be right up there with them. I still think we're a clear step down from Liverpool, but the progression that you're feeling at the moment, I think is different to any that I've felt. And I think the big thing and what I've really enjoyed this season is that most of our players are starting to improve during the season. And, and again, this is something we've not, we've been crying out for this for so long. We've always said we'd, to be fair, quite jealous of sort of City and Liverpool in this regard that they sign players and they get better once they arrive. And that just isn't something that's happened at, at United. Yeah. You know, a lot of our young players have kind of stalled. A lot of our signings have fizzled out because they just haven't been improved once they arrive at Carrington. Yeah. But actually we're seeing now that so many of these players are beginning to improve. Like Sir Fred McTominay, even Bruno Fernandes has improved since he's got here. Rashford's production is improving as well. You know, that those improvements, those extra levels these players are getting is now try, starting to take this squad into a sort of a new level that I don't think we were at at the start of the season. Absolutely, yeah. We're going to talk a bit about Cavani and um, Bruno Fernandes a bit more in the patron Q&A, talking about is Bruno on level with with the best players in the world. But um, to, to before I talk a bit about Bruno, two things from what you just said. Yeah, the, 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 you don't want to get ahead of yourselves and it's important to realise that it, given it's changed so quickly in a positive way over the last three or four weeks, it can obviously do the opposite. So a, a couple of defeats over you the next two weeks. need to look at our former manager to, to know about that. Yeah, one. absolutely. Spurs have gone from, what, second to eighth in the space of two weeks? Yeah, well, I mean, even United having been kind of theoretically two points off the top are now four points off Liverpool without the game in hand because Liverpool are yet to play as we're recording this and have dropped to fourth and are only one point above City. And if Villa win their game in hand behind Aston Villa, so it's it's so tight that it can change very quickly and we have to bear that in mind. And I think you also have to bear that in mind in terms of your analysis is, has it been as good as we think? And I think that there are still a lot of weaknesses to this United team, but it's undoubtedly positive and fun and and United went ahead in the away game and, and didn't win it, but um, did go ahead. I think the, the problem throughout the last few weeks has been missed chances. And I said this uh, yeah, that after the Leeds game when we took an early lead, but what would have happened if we hadn't taken that early lead? And we, we were thinking about kind of being in parallel universe where United didn't take that early lead, what would have happened? And and that's what I thought when Rashford missed that early header against Leicester. I thought that was it. That was our chance to go ahead and, and race into a, a two, three goal advantage. Um, and basically put the game to bed and he didn't score that one and missed chances still are a problem. Bruno and Maguire both had headers over, Rashford had a header over, Rashford missed the one-on-one. So there is that. On the other hand, Bruno Fernandes, 31 goal contributions in 28 Premier League games. That is on a par with the the machine-like Ronaldo, Messi and Lewandowski. I said this last week and I feel like I should just 
clip that and put it in every episode until the end of the season. I, I'm running out of ways to to explain Bruno Fernandez's brilliance. <laughs> and, I, and I think you saw every single side of him in the Leicester game. Obviously gave the ball away just outside his own box to set up Leicester's yeah. first goal. Wasn't perfect. But then these moments that he pops up with, got a bit lucky with the first assist and then brilliant movement to stay on side for Cavani's uh, through ball for his, for his goal. What I loved about Fernandez against Leicester was that you, he he was the one that was just driving us forward, even more so than normal, but not in the, I think a little bit less in the sense that he was just trying Hollywood passes over and over again. It was a little bit more controlled for the most part, obviously the mistake for the Leicester goal notwithstanding. It was a bit more controlled. He kept us ticking more more than he did say, you know, try and play through balls to Rashford and Martial and Dan James all the time. It was a little, it was more controlled. And I felt like that to me is, is sort of the peak of Bruno Fernandez's powers. Cause we still had the, the great quality when we needed it. You know, there were countless moments like Rashford's chance in the third minute where he picked up the ball and he did spot that brilliant pass to set us through on goal. But if he can combine that with maybe taking it down a notch in terms of the ambition that he's trying to, trying to strive for, and play with a little bit more control, keep the ball a little bit more and sustain some of these attacks. That to me is the best version of Bruno Fernandes and what creates the best version of Manchester United. But I mean, he is by far and away the best outfield player that we've had. Definitely since Robin van Persie and, and potentially even since before then. I mean, he he's on another level to every single player in this United squad. And it's, it's honestly a joy to watch us play when he's in the yeah. squad. And you can see why Solskjaer doesn't rest him and didn't rest him against Everton and didn't rest him against Leicester and probably won't rest him against Wolves. Because to be fair to, to Oli, I mean, I, I don't know where we would be without Fernandez. He is the talisman for this team in every sense of the yeah. word. And I think Solskjaer's aware that he needs rest. I think it was after, I'm not sure if it was after the Leeds or the Everton game where he said, I need to be careful with him. And he, he does because... Uh, of all the seasons in which even the least injury prone players are going to pick up a muscle injury, it's going to be in, in this one. And Fernandez isn't injury prone, but him and Maguire, to be fair as well, who has played almost every minute of every game, um, are under, under threat of that. And there, there does need to be some caution there. And it is the coaching staff's job to take those hard decisions so that we don't look back in hindsight and say, maybe we should have rested him there. Um, I'd expect Fernandes to be rested for the FA Cup game against Watford. Um, Yeah. You know, I I just, you just don't really see much opportunity other than that to rest him really. You'd want to say rest him against Wolves, but I just don't have enough faith in in the rest of this United squad really without it. Although, and we can kind of move on to talking about the Wolves and Villa game. It's, Wolves are so, I really have a dislike for Wolves not for the club but just for them as a team partly because we've had so many boring games but they are generally quite a boring team to watch and there's a bit of me that thinks you could probably get to 60 minutes at nil-nil with Wolves and then bring Bruno on so maybe that's a better time to do it than against Villa who if you play badly you could be two or three down within half an hour they they've shown some incredible attacking play. I mean, look at the the game against Liverpool, but also when they were ten men against um, against Crystal Palace and and still dominated that second half and and scored another two. So maybe Wolves. I, I don't think it will happen, but um, I'd probably rather rest them against Wolves than Villa. 
Um, but then it's after Villa, it's it's a City game, and then yeah, then there's a chance to rest them against Watford. But hopefully that won't be too late. The the only other things I'll say from the the Leicester game, one is about Rashford's shooting technique, and you take a look at his forget the header, but take a look at his goal, and he kind of wraps the he. he yeah, he, he wraps his foot around it and, and with the inside of his boot, he places it into the bottom right corner and then take the one-on-one that he missed and it was the laces drive past Schmeichel. Now, a, a lesser quality keeper probably wouldn't have saved that. It was a brilliant save from Kasper Schmeichel. But I think Rashford has so much more success when he wraps his foot around the ball. And you saw Martial, when he was offside, he scored by doing that. Fernandez's goal was... a. Uh, inside of the foot placed it and you do feel like Rashford needs to do more of that rather than the lace which he does a lot but rarely comes off unless it's that quick snapshot goal um, like against I can't remember who the Rashford snapshot was against but quite quite recently where it just fell to him and he, he struck it straight away quickly um, and beat the keeper Yeah there was a great thread by uh, United Arena I think it was on Twitter kind of analysing Rashford's shooting technique with the upshot being that his his conversion rate numbers are significantly better when he uses that sort of in, wrapped instep rather than the the sort of what I would call the, the power instep which is I think what he sort of used against uh, for yeah. that chance that he missed that Schmeichel saved it's an interesting one with Rashford because I think he's actually played really well recently he's definitely yeah, agreed. improved a lot since the start of the season when he was very clearly for whatever reason just not up to his usual usual best I think the issue is, is yeah, just it's just the conversion rate, which has been an issue, at least to some degree, throughout Rashford's career. It's never been perfect, but I think because of his age, you were you always were able to write it off as he's just a young player. He'll come back, and also because compared to most forwards in in the world, and and especially in our team, Rashford's movement and his skill creates a lot more chances than most forwards. So he's able to to bury them. I think he's at a point in his career now, and he's just turned twenty three really now should be should be becoming the main man in our forward line. I think he's now at a point in his career where those those missed chances become less and less acceptable the longer the time moves on. And this is exactly where you yeah. need the coaching the coaches to step in and, you know, just really get back to basics with, with Rashford, I think. You don't want to take away his ability to strike the ball differently because it's one of his best attributes. You know, the the different ways that he can make the ball move and deviate go back to some of his goals and sort of the dipping, the dipping long range shots, the free kicking in Solskjaer's first ever game in charge against Cardiff springs to mind as a perfect example of that. You know, you don't want to take that away, but you, I think you just want to make him more aware of, of the best time to use it. Yeah. It's, it's not, bit- it's, it's not the quality of his shots that he needs to change. It's the decision making as, as which to go for. And I think that's exactly. kind of a positive because the, the fix will be relatively easy. And I, to, to be fair, I, Colin Little, one of the United coaching staff, was speaking about this and, and he I don't think he was working with Rashford now, but he certainly was in the past and talking about um, which technique to go for on those one-on-ones. And, and so it, it's obviously a thing that has been worked on. So it, it will get better. This isn't an unusual thing for a player to, to go no. through. You know, it, it's very, very normal. Even to probably actually one of the best examples of this is probably Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, when he was first came to United, every single time he struck the ball it was you know trying to hit through the laces as hard as he could with that sort of knuckleball technique and he learned as he sort of improved and as he matured as a footballer you know when to use that technique and when to use sort of his instep or just more traditional laces and it'll come for Rashford I have 
every faith that he he will come good and start converting those chances. It's just a case of you know the coaching staff giving him a nudge in the in the right direction to make it happen. But I think the fact that he is getting into those those spaces a lot more is actually a real positive. In that, hopefully, it signals eventually that he will start putting those away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but another goal for him and in, in, in some decent form. I think that's 10 for the season now and, and 50 Premier League goals. Um, the third fastest United player to do so behind, um, not fastest, sorry, youngest uh, behind Rooney and Ronaldo. So good company to be in. The last point on... Not bad company, yeah. 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 Um, we're going to go on to our patron Q&A in, in a second and, and wrap the normal up. But Wolves and Villa coming up, so t- two difficult games, two evening games. It's Wolves on the 29th at 8 o'clock and then 8 o'clock also for Villa, but on Friday, New Year's Day, both very tough games. Wolves, it's just going to be hard to break down. I think United will have to go for a different system to the one we've used against Leicester, Everton and uh, Leeds. Uh, so we're going to need some way to break it down without any pace and without counter-attacking because the chances for that will be more limited, I think. Villa, perhaps he might go for something similar to Leeds and just try and have two teams going at each other and try to come out on top. Yeah, I think this was an aspect of the Leicester game that I didn't think was was so positive. I felt like Solskjaer got the tactics slightly wrong in trying to replicate what we did against Leeds, when to me it was always going to be a different game. Leicester were never going to leave themselves quite so open. And it's kind of a similar story with the Wolves game as well. You know, Wolves are going to stay very compact, probably have five at the back. There's not going to be too much space in behind. So it is going to be down to us and our ability to make use of the space they give us in front of the back four. And yeah, I agree. It needs, needs to be different to what happened against Leeds. It needs to be much more, I think, controlled. I would definitely uh, be starting Cavani against Wolves. I think he's the perfect man to come in, give us a bit more of a focal point up front in attack, and then hopefully drag some defenders out in the way that he comes short for the ball, just like he did for Fernandez's goal. Yeah. I just don't think Martial will be suited to uh, to the way that Wolves will likely set up. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. And then you bring Martial back in for, for Villa, probably. Although yeah, there, exactly. there is an argument to be made to um, give Cavani some some more time, even more time in the in the team. I think I'd probably start Pogba against Wolves, given United won't be playing on the counter-attack so much. And you need... Because the, the, a lot of the problem against Leicester was you had McTominay and Fred, and McTominay had a, a bad game, actually, where he just constantly seemed to be marked it was almost as if he was deliberately being marked every time United had the ball um, by Vardy and I guess it was probably Barnes as well who were just blocking him yeah just keeping him in their shadow so McTominay was never an option and so it was basically either give it to Fred or trust Harry Maguire to step out of defence and and it was a problem and United no one no, no one in United's midfield could link up the play and we always had to go wide and then eventually when it did it was kind of Bruno dropping deep or later in the game when Popper came on and when Popper came on Leicester's defence had to drop back just from the threat of him but also I think United's team the United players trust him more on the ball so they they can give it to him in tighter spaces so I'd probably go for a similar reason probably go Popper against against Wolves Yeah, I mean this is the exact game that where we need his creativity, we need his ability to pick a pass. The McTominay and Fred axis isn't quite so needed against a team like Wolves. Yeah, exactly. Um, A bit of a worry of Victor Lindelof who might need uh, surgery on his back. Solskjaer seemed to be hinting at after the game. So hopefully 
that's not the case. I mean, the whole the whole um, the whole right back area is a bit of a worry at the moment. I was very surprised that Lindelof started at right back when both Bay and Twanzebi were available. Who have well, played and, right back in the past. And, uh, and, okay, and Brandon Williams Brandon as well. Williams. Um, that it, yeah. it is a surprise that Williams isn't in there. Although in the end, I do understand that because Leicester had a lot of threat down that left, and so I can see why he wanted a, a centre back there. What uh, or more defensive? I can, player I can than see Williams. why he didn't want Williams. Yeah, uh, but to me, I think Bailly or Twanzebi were definitely. I wouldn't have trusted Bailly there and, and better suited options. I don't think. I but Bailly, I mean, Bailly's played there before and done pretty well. Well, had, he, even it, so, I think Twanzebi has has proved himself. He had the game against it was against PSG, wasn't it? Where Bailly had an absolute shocker right back and went off after half an hour. I think. Um, I, there, there was one game where he played it right back and, and did terribly and then came off after half an hour injured, I think. Um, but either way, I think the right back is just a worry in general because despite our very much better added depth across the pitch, right back is yeah, probably the yeah. one area where we are lacking a little bit. Well, and, and David Ornstein from The Athletic is reporting that United do want another, to buy another right back. Um to provide yeah. composition I mean, I mean, for one And it does make sense. And I'm I'm pleased to hear that as well, to hear that that Alex Tellez to compete with Luke Shaw thing isn't kind of a one-off. And if you think about it yeah. now, Cavani, Tellez, Van der Beek and potentially a new right-back, That is, those are all competitive squad players. And that is why United's depth is better at the moment. Yeah. So I think it's the the right thing to do. And actually, I, I think the, the Shaw-Tellez example is a great one because I think what you have there is two players who are both at pretty similar levels, but offer us yeah. very different things. I think any time we're playing in a back five, I'd want Tellers because he is better going forward than Shaw. He's a lot more composed on the ball, but I think Shaw is much better defensively, especially when he plays in a back four. And I think that model is exactly what we should be going for on the right, where you've got Wan-Bissak, a brilliant defender, maybe not quite so comfortable going forward and sort of copying a little bit what we did on the left. If you can bring in a right back who maybe is a little bit more assured going forward and not only gives us depth, but gives us a different profile of player to bring in as well for certain yeah. games. We should wrap up. Um, thank you for listening to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. I uh, hope you all had a good Christmas. Um, if you managed to get back to see family or by yourself, slightly different, but um, I hope you enjoyed it nevertheless. Jack, where can we find you on Twitter for your opinions on the, the Wolves and Villa game throughout the week? At UTD Tate, T-A-I-T. You can find me on Twitter at Harry Robinson 64 and the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod. That's P-O-D at the end there. And that's where you should go if you want to sign up to become a patron of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. And in return for paying a little bit of money each month, you will get access to the bonus Q&As at the end of every show and a few other um, nice little extras as well we're about to go and do a bonus Q&A where we talk about Cavani um, whether he should replace Martial in the starting lineup, and whether Bruno Fernandes is the best player in the world right now um, so you can hear our opinions on that if you go and sign up to become a patron but otherwise have a good rest of the Christmas period and happy new year as well happy 2021 we'll be back in the new year to speak to you after the Aston Villa game bye for now Network.